0: Well, I want to start out today by just saying a special welcome to everybody joining us online. We're glad that you guys are with us, everybody at our Middleville-Delton campus as well. Uh, so if I was to ask you if you could uh, take a vacation and you could do anything that you wanted um, for a week, what would it look like for you? Um, you know, for me, about a couple of weeks ago, I had a vacation, and if you were to say to me, Joel, what what would you like to do if you could take a vacation, go anywhere, do anything? Um, what, what's amazing about what you would do and what I would do, are probably a lot of different, you know, things in those, maybe some similarities, but... We all have things that we would love to do. And so for me personally, if I could take a vacation, I would do one of two things. If it was cold here, which I actually think it's cold here right now, okay? So if it was cold here, I don't like this weather at all. It needs to warm back up. But I would choose to go to Florida. I would go to Florida. I love the sunshine. I love the beach. My wife and I actually got married in Florida on the beach. We, we love, love the sunshine, love being in warm weather. That's what I would do. But in, in the summertime, if you were to say, what would you do? I love, and I don't think there's anything better than Michigan summers. I think West Michigan summers are incredible. Love love it. But not only a summer here in Michigan is great, but I like personally being on the water. And so a few weeks ago, I had a vacation. I was going to have a full week off, and I was excited because I was going to be on a lake for the week. And not only on a lake, but I was going to have a boat that I was going to get to use all week long. And super excited about this. And my boys were with me. My wife was working, but she was going to be there as well quite a bit. And so uh, really excited about this vacation. So I woke up day one on a Monday morning. And I remember I I got out of bed, had my cup of coffee because you got to have coffee in the morning. And I went downstairs and I was hanging out with my boys a little bit. And I said, guys, let's go for a boat ride. I said, who wants to go for a boat ride? And of course, they're four and five. They were like, yeah, let's go, let's go. And they're super excited about this. So we go down to the boat and we lower it off the lift and we get in the boat and I go to fire it up and it wouldn't start. And I'm like... Are you kidding me? Like this is day one, right? And so I go, I'm like, I try for like 10 or 15 minutes trying to get this thing to start, would not start. And so I go back to the the engine and I take the cover off and I look at it as if I know what I'm looking at. Anybody with me here? Like like looking at it is going to do something, but I know nothing about boats. I don't know how you fix boats or anything, but I thought if I would stare at it long enough, maybe it would start running. And so after probably about 30 minutes of my boys sitting in in a boat that was not moving and me trying to start it, I I finally gave up and I'm like, okay, this thing's not going to start. So I call one of my friends up, uh, Dave Coy, who knows quite a bit about boats, and I said, Dave, my boat won't, won't fire up. And I'm like, this is really important. I'm on vacation and I I need this boat. Like this is for my sanity. Like this is what I'm looking forward to. This is what it's going to be like. Right? So Dave comes over and he takes a look at it and he says, well, actually your starter is bad. My starter had had gone out or I don't know, whatever, however that works. And so I said, okay, so what do I need to do to get it fired up? He said, well, you got to order a new starter. Or he said, the other option is he's like, if you're really strong, you can tie a rope around the thing um, and you could try to pull start it. Which I did try once and then I stopped because it just was not happening. And so I ordered the starter. I got it in on like Wednesday, I believe it was. And so I called Dave back up again and said, hey, we, you know, it came in. So he came over to my house. He put it in for me, started the boat up, and I'm like feeling like I'm in heaven, okay? So I lost a couple days, but I still have the rest of the week. I'm good to go. So Dave leaves, of course, and so I said to my wife, I'm like, hey, let's go for a quick boat ride. The boat's up and running, and, you know, I want to—and again, I just—I'm like, I want to be out on that lake. Let's go, you know? So we get in the boat. It fires up good, but the second that I go to put it in reverse to get off the boat lift, the boat dies, And so again, after about 30 minutes of me doing this over and over again, and it just would not start. I'm like, are you kidding? So we go up for the night. I'm like, well, tomorrow it'll start. So I go down the next day, try to start it up, and I figure out another piece is broken. So I get that piece. I order it. I get it in. Finally, okay, after like multiple times of calling my friend Dave and me thinking he probably hates me by this point because I bothered him all week, it was Sunday afternoon about two o'clock, and we finally got the boat up and running. Like it it started, and we could go out on the lake. I, I said to my boys, I said, get in the boat. My wife, get in the boat. We're not getting off the leg until we're out of gas because this is the only day that I have. And and the reality is this: some of you know what this is like, where you had plans, and as you're going through the plans and the thing that you wanted to happen or you wanted to take place, it doesn't always work out the way that you want it to. In fact, for me, by about day three or four, as I realized just thing after thing after thing kept breaking, I was starting to kind of feel the blues. But what was funny is as the week went on, the more time I spent with my boys and hanging out with them. I mean, yeah, a lot of things, it was like, oh, I wish I could be out on that boat. But the reality was the temptation for me was to be upset and think, well, this isn't what I wanted in life. Like that really was not my plan in life. For me, a lot of times when things don't go, the way that I desire for them to go, I put my head down. I think, well... I just can't get through this, or I got to just muscle through this and get through this. And I'm sure many of you can relate to this, where you had a plan, you had a desire, or maybe it wasn't even a vacation. Imagine you planned a vacation. This is what we're going to do. And the flight was delayed or the flight was canceled. And it's easy for us in the midst of these things to think, well, there's no joy in the midst of this. And it's easy for us in the midst of plans failing for us to think, this is not what I desired for us to happen. In fact, my guess would be this. Many of you listening to this, some of you may be listening online you would say, these days for you, the season of life that you're in or maybe a part of the season of life in a certain situation in your life, you would say that you don't find much joy in your life. The the, the circumstances aren't exactly what you would choose. And maybe for some of you, you might say, I'm in a season of my life where I feel like I'm just kind of going through a dark time where I don't like this particular season of life or maybe it's in your job or in school or whatever it may be. And all of us, I think, can relate that there's moments in our lives where we see, look at our, our, our life or a portion of our life. And we say, I don't see much joy in the midst of that. Maybe it's in your job and you find yourself waking up every day, going to work and saying, I just don't find any joy in my job. Maybe for some of you young people, you just started back to school and you're finding yourself in the season of life at school. Where you're like, I just don't find much joy in, in school. I don't, I don't enjoy my classes. I don't enjoy this stuff. My, 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 both my boys just went back to school and my, my oldest is in kindergarten and he came home from school, uh, his first week. And he was telling uh, his mom and myself about how on the playground he'd been bullied by a fourth grader. And he was telling me what this, this kid did to him and, and the things that he was saying to him, which were not good things by any means. And so I asked Kaysan, I said, well, what did you do? And he was telling me how he stood up for himself. But he's like, well, I didn't like hit him or anything, dad. And like push him down or anything. He's like, but I could, you know, he's like, I could have. And, you know, big bad boy, you know, kindergartner or whatever. And I'm like, and so I, was tell, I looked at my son. I said, Casey, I said, I just want to tell you, I'm really proud of you for how you handled yourself. I said, I'm really proud of you for sticking up for yourself. But then I looked at him. I said, but I want to tell you, I said, I'm really sorry that that, that kid chose to say those things to you. And it was like, some of your parents, you realize this. I saw the hurt in my son's eyes. Some of you can relate to that where you see the hurt in your kid's eyes and I begin to think about all the things I wanted to go do to this fourth grader and the things I wanted to say to this, this kid. For a lot of us, we go through seasons of our life and even though I can look at that season for my son and say, he's going to be okay, it's all right. He'll, he'll, he'll get through this. This is a part of life. He'll, he'll make it. But for him, it's a big deal. For him in that moment, it probably didn't see much joy in his life. And many of us can relate to this where our circumstances or certain things happen to us where we would say they're not exactly what we would want in life. And so as we're in week two of this series called Eyes Wide Open, this is kind of what we're hitting on that oftentimes I think because of what we're going through, we don't see the things that God wants us to see. We don't live our lives often as followers of Jesus with eyes wide open and aware of all the things that God wants us to see. We walk around with our heads down, not looking at everything that comes our way. And I get why we do this. I think we have legitimate reasons why a lot of times we'd rather stick our head down and not be aware of everything around us. That we don't want to see maybe all the hurt and all the pain that we see in life. We, we want to live our lives in a way where we're not maybe aware of everything that's happening. We just think, I just got to get through this moment in my life. And so for many of us, I think we actually shut down. I think we close our eyes. But kind of what we're contending in, in the series as we walk through this, is that when you live your life with eyes wide open, I think you actually become aware of all that is around you. And you become aware of the way that God actually intends for you to live your life. So last week, as we kicked off the series, Jeff talked about this idea of, and every week we're going to talk about things that you need to see, things that God intends for you to see on a regular basis in your life. And he talked about how you can see God. That if you're aware of God, if you're, if, you have, if you're living a life with eyes wide open, you have to be able to say to yourself, I see God. Now, I know for many of you are going, really, you can see God? And I'm not talking about, and he didn't talk about this idea of physically seeing God with our eyes. But in the things around you, you can see him. In the sunrise, you can see him in, in the sunset. So I was thinking about this all week long. I was one day, I think it was like, like Tuesday evening after the week after, you know, Jeff had just preached this message and I was thinking to myself, okay, Joel, are you aware of God as you go through your day? Are you aware of how he's present? Are you aware of how, you, you know, no matter what it is you're facing that, that God is there? And so I was Tuesday and I remember I was driving and I was, I think I was just super stressed about thinking about certain things that, at the, the church. Maybe, you know, our church got hit by lightning last week and so we were, all these different things were broken. I was thinking about all these things, thinking about these projects, thinking about just different things happening in life. And then my boys were driving down the road. My boys were in the back seat and they're yelling and they're screaming. And then, um, some of you know, this TBC kids has this thing called the prize store. And my boys always tend to get the loudest toy in the prize store. And so they had these like things that you blow and they make all these loud, this loud noise. And they're blowing these things over and over. I'm like, this is terrible. Like who, who comes up with these prizes? We've got to have a conversation, but they're blowing these things over and over and over again. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't see God at all. Right. And then all of a sudden, true story, it starts downpouring. Like there was no rain and all of a sudden it just starts downpouring. And I got my wipers going as fast as they possibly can. And it's not removing any of the rain. And I'm just like, I can't see anything, can't see anything. And all of a sudden, my my oldest son goes, he tweets his horn. He's like, dad, a rainbow. And I'm like, there's not a rainbow. But I looked over and there's a rainbow. And I paused for a moment and I'm like, Wiper's going fast. I'm like, okay, maybe I can see God in the midst of that. And then I just keep driving, thinking. And then my other son, tweet, tweet, you know, just blowing these dumb things over and over and over again. Which by the way, those ended up in the trash. And just so you know, okay, but he's blowing this thing over and over and over again. And, and he goes, Dad, it's a double rainbow. And I'm like, No, shut up, kid. There's no such there's not a double rainbow. There's a rainbow. It's the same rainbow. Look at what Kaysan's looking at. It's a rainbow. He's like, No, Dad, there's a double rainbow. I look like, no, there's a single rainbow. No, dad, there's a double rainbow. And I look over, no joke. It was a double rainbow. And it was like this reminder to me in my own life. Am I aware of God? Am I aware of this amazing promise of a rainbow? That It was like in that moment, God was saying, Joel, would you stop and be aware of me? Joel, you can deal with uh, burning down all the TBC kids' price store things later. You can deal with all those other things at another time. But, but are, you, are you so focused on the circumstance that you're in? Or do you see me? Do you see me on a regular basis? And I think for me, in my own life, I miss it sometimes. And so this week, I want to kind of continue that and talk about, again, another thing that I think we should be seeing if we're living with eyes wide open, and it's this idea of, of saying to yourself, I see joy. In fact, let me just pause and ask you the question. Think about this. In the moments that you've been awake today, so in the few hours or maybe 15 minutes or whatever it's been for you, and since you've been awake today, let me just ask you the question. Have you seen joy? Have you been aware of joy in your life or Have you been aware of your kids bothering you? Have you been aware of a fight that you and your spouse maybe had? Have you been aware of how the house is a mess? Have you been aware of of just all the projects that you need to accomplish today? Or have you taken the time to see joy? Some of you would say, your day is too crazy. You have too much on your plate. You have too much to get done. There's not enough time. In fact, I would say that in my own life, too often times I go through my days thinking about all the things that have to happen and everything that needs to get done. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I miss joy. I miss seeing joy in my life and celebrating the good things. And what I'm gonna kind of contend today is that when you choose to give God praise in all that you have going on in your life, regardless of if you think it's good or if you think it's bad, when you choose to see joy in life, I think it could change everything. But you have to choose to have eyes wide open for it. You all know this, that you have too much on your schedule. You have too much to accomplish at school. You have too much with your job, too much with your family, that if we're not living with eyes wide open, it's easy to miss the joy that God has put in front of you. You have to see it. In order to see it, you have to live with eyes wide open. We looked at this verse last week. It says this. It says, you love him even though you have never seen him. In other words, you can choose to see God even though you've never seen him. And though you do not see him now, it says you trust him. And get this, because of that, when you choose to see God, he says, you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. And the reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. I believe that if you want to, I believe you can see joy today. I believe that no matter what it is you're facing these days, no matter what it is you've walked into this place, no matter what you're facing online today, I believe that you can, I believe I can see joy in all circumstances. In fact, let me just ask this what if joy, what if the idea of seeing joy in, on a regular basis, what if it actually doesn't come from the circumstance that you're in these days? But what if you, what if I could actually choose to see it in every circumstance of our life, in everything that you face in life? Now, I know for many of us, this concept would be very hard you know, to believe or to buy into, including myself. And we struggle with this because. We don't love all of our circumstances. You would say, Joel, I don't love every one of my circumstances that I'm in, so how can I choose to see joy in it? In fact, if I just said to you, how many of you think that you see joy in your family? I think a lot of your hands would go up. You'd say, I I do, I do. But if I also asked that question, how many of you don't see any joy in your family? There'd be hands that go up today because you're struggling with your family these days. If I said, how many of you find joy in your job? Many of you would raise your hand and say, "I, I like my job, I love what I get to do. But many of you would also say, I don't see any joy in my job these days. If I said, how many of you find joy in the school that you're in, whether it's college, high school, middle school, do you find joy these days in school? You'd say, I, I don't, I don't find much joy. Others of you would say, I love the classes that I'm taking. I love being a part of the, you know, this, this university. Or I love being a part of this high school, whatever it might be for you. Many of us in different circumstances in our life, when you think about it, we find joy. And the list could go on and on of many of us that would say, I find joy in this situation, but in this one, I don't. In other words, we would think that the joy that you have in life, if I'm going to experience it, if I'm going to see it, then my circumstances are going to dictate whether or not I choose to have it. So, in other words, if I won the lottery, I'd see joy, right? If, if that girl at school, some of you think, if that girl at school would start liking me, then I'd have joy, right? If my husband would stop being a jerk, then I think I could have some joy in life. If, if this thing, if I made that team at school, you know, if that, that one team I really desire to make, if I could make that team, then I would see joy. If my addiction would go away, then I would see joy. And we think, come on, I think at times that my circumstances in life dictate whether or not I can choose to see joy. And personally, I just believe And I think that if this is how we live our lives, I don't think we'll ever fully see joy. In fact, I think you're going to lack it in your life. So what if, just what if, what if joy wasn't based so much upon the circumstance that you're in or the circumstance that I'm in or the situation that I'm in or the thing that I'm facing these days? In other words, you can choose to see it no matter what you face in life. So in the good times, yeah, you can see joy. What about, what about in the dark times? What about in the seasons of your life where like, you're like, Joe, I'm, I'm a single mom, I'm trying to just get through, and you're telling me I need to see joy in this? What if you could see joy in the midst of that? Joe, I hate my job, I cannot stand it, I hate showing up every single day, my boss is a jerk. Yeah, you can choose to see joy in the midst of that. Joe, I can't stand my teammates, I can't stand my classmates, Joe, I can't stand my brother, I can't stand my sister. What if, yes, you could see joy? in the midst of that, no matter what you face. And I know for some of you, I know what you're thinking that in your life currently, you don't see how that could happen. And you would say, joy, you don't know my circumstances. But my contention today is just this. For the follower of Jesus, for the follower of Jesus, I believe that you can choose to see joy in all circumstances. And one of the greatest ways I think you can learn to do this is by choosing to speak praise, no matter what it is you're facing that you can choose to see joy by learning to speak praise no matter what it is you're going through. And I just want to get something out of the way. I'm not here today to tell you that your circumstances do not matter. Some of you have been dealt a bad hand. Some of you are going through a rough season in your life. I'm not here today to tell you that you know, you're crazy for feeling stressed out at work. I'm not here today to tell you that, that you, know, you shouldn't feel down in, in life at all. But what I am saying and what I am telling you is that even in the midst of those times, Joy is there. Even in the midst of those times, you can choose to see joy. Of course, in the midst of good times, you can see it. But in the midst of bad times, you can as well. But you have to open up your eyes to see it. You have to learn to live your life with eyes wide open. And part of the way that I think you do that is learning to speak praise no matter what it is you're going through. Let me explain it to you this way. Have you ever had something really powerful, but you didn't fully understand how it works? In other words, a great example of this for me would be a vehicle, right? Like I know how to turn a vehicle on. I can drive one. But when a vehicle starts making a weird noise, if any of you are like me, I open up the hood and I look at it, like again, looking at it's going to change something. I really don't know how to fix it. I don't really know how it operates. I don't, I mean, people start talking about cars and motors and vehicles and I just nod my head like, yeah, sounds good. But to me, it just doesn't, I don't get it, right? And for someone who is a mechanic or someone who knows how to do these kinds of things, you understand the power that is at your fingertips because you truly understand how it works. You understand how it, if something breaks, how to fix it. You understand the power that you have in the midst of that. And I'm here to remind all of us today that as a follower of Jesus, you have a weapon, this powerful thing at your fingertips, and it's called praise. See, praise is not the fast songs that you sing at church, It's not some weird words that you say. It's not anything along those lines, but it can become a problem for your problem. Choosing to give praise to God no matter what it is you're going through and saying, God, I don't know how you're gonna get me through this, but I'm gonna choose to trust you in the midst of that. It can change your thinking. It can change your mood. For many of us, I don't think we do this. In fact, I asked earlier, have have you seen joy today? And I think for many of you, again, I, I know for me, I do this way too often. You've already gone through your day, much of your day today. Or if you look back at yesterday or you look back at the past week and you've gone through those days or those weeks, like I go through a lot of mine without seeing the real joy in life, without stopping and seeing all the good. Joy is more than coming to church. It's more than singing a song. It's a moment where you can say, God, I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I will choose to have joy because God has been faithful in the past and he's going to be faithful today. And because of that, Jesus, I will choose to give you praise. And though I don't know what the future holds, I'm going to trust the one who actually holds the future. And though I don't understand how I'm going to get through this marriage difficulty, although I don't understand how I'm going to raise these kids, although I don't understand how I'm going to get through this job situation, although I don't understand how I'm going to get through school, although I don't understand it all, God, I will choose to give you praise. There's a great a story in the Bible, a great example of this, about two men who found themselves in, in what I would describe a very dark place in their life and how in the midst of that, they still were able to see the joy and give praise to God. So these two guys, their, their names uh, were Paul and Silas. And if you know the story of Paul and Silas, they're out, um, you know, Jesus has, has, has died and, and he's, they're out there. They're, they're preaching about God and, and Jesus and, and they're, they're, people are becoming saved. They're healing people and some people get pretty upset about this. And so they they go to Paul and Silas, they actually arrest them, they beat them, and they put them in prison, right? And so they are having a bad day, you could say it that way, right? Like, I mean, the day is not going as well as what they like. They're out there, think about this, doing good, healing people. They actually just cast out a man who was demon-possessed, and then all of a sudden they get thrown into jail, and they're beaten because of it. And this is what it says in the book of Acts, chapter 16. It says, around midnight, Paul and Silas, they're in their prison cell, and it says that they're praying... And they're singing hymns to God. In other words, they're giving praise to God. They're they're singing hymns to God. They just got beat, but yet they're singing hymns to God. And get this, this is very important. And the other prisoners, it says, they're listening. Why is this important? Here's why it's important. You realize this, for the follower of Jesus, the the reason why this is so important is because the world wants to know what you're going to shout in the midst of dark times. The world and your neighbors, the people who are around you, the people you work with who are, are followers of Jesus, all those people around you, they know what you shout in the midst of good times, right? I mean, you just got the raise and so you're like, oh man, God is good. And everybody says it all the time. And all the time, God is good. And it's easy to do that when everything is great in life, right? It's easy to do that when you have the dream job. It's easy to do that when your boyfriend or girlfriend haven't broken up with you. It's easy to do that when you love everything about your life and your neighbors don't really care about that. But what your neighbors want to know, and what people around you want to know, is what are you going to shout in the midst of difficult times? Are you still willing to give praise to the same God? So Paul and Silas, you're out there preaching how great God is, how amazing God is, how how incredible he is, but now you just got arrested. Now you just got the snot beat out of you. Are you still going to praise God? See, for some of you, the only thing you need to hear today as a follower of Jesus is that it's really easy for you to find joy and see joy in the midst of good times. You want to know what your unbelieving friends want to know? Do you see joy in the midst of dark times? Are you willing to still sing praise and give praise to God in the midst of difficult times in your life? Again, when you get the raise, it's easy to see joy. When you make the team, it's easy to see joy. It's easy to see it in the midst of everything that is good in your life. And these prisoners are thinking, how are these guys going to respond when things aren't going the way that they want them to go? And it says that they're singing praise. And then all of a sudden, it says that suddenly there's a massive earthquake And the prison was shaken to its foundations, and all the doors, they immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner, they fell off. Folks, can I just say that's why church matters? Can I just say that's why, you know, groups, we've been talking about that today, how, why groups matter, because when you get together with other believers and you praise God, when you get together in a life group with other people going through the same things that you're going through in life and you can walk with those season, in, in those seasons of life with each other, when that happens, what's amazing is that all of a sudden, chains begin to break. Get this. Even off of people who don't, do not want their chains or do not know they have chains on them, that's what's amazing about it. This is why for some of you, you know what your story is? Many of you have heard this story for some of you You walked into church and you didn't want to be a part of church You walked in because your wife made you come you walked in because your mom made you come You walked in because your dad made you come And you walked into church and you sat in a row and someone starts singing a song and you're like, yeah, this is great This is awesome. Whatever. I don't want to be here, right? And all of a sudden by the end of the song you're weeping and you don't know why Because all of a sudden, when you come together with other believers and you begin to praise God and you begin to worship God, all of a sudden, chains begin to break. And sometimes you don't even know what is taking place. But when you begin to give praise to God or others around you begin to give praise to God, sometimes the chains fall off, even when you're not expecting for them to fall off. He goes on and it says this, the jailer woke up to see that the prison doors were wide open. He assumed that the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, stop. He says, don't kill yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for the lights and he ran to the dungeon and he fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And then he said, he's brought them out and he asked them, sirs, what must I do to be saved? What what is amazing is that there's no altar call. There's no, hey, you got to sign up for this conference. There's no, hey, you got to go on a mission trip in order for all this to happen, but simply two prisoners, Choosing in the midst of a dark time to give praise to God was enough for this guard to say, you know what? I want some of that I don't know what those guys got but that is what I want in my life And this is what can happen When you and I choose to live With eyes wide open And we choose to see joy in the midst of our lives no matter what it is that you're facing these days So how do you do this? Just a few thoughts for you to take with you The first one is this is that I think if you're going to see joy praise has to overcome your feelings Look, I, I understand some of you would say, okay, Joel, I, I want joy. I, all right, so you're saying I got to give praise to God, but, but I don't feel like it. I'm bummed right now in life. I, I, don't, I don't like my circumstance. My, my circumstances aren't great. My circumstances stink, right? And you would say because of your feelings, again, you don't feel like it. And sometimes my feelings don't lead me to seeing joy. And again, this is where praise comes in. That when you choose to praise in all circumstance, joy begins to fill you. Can I just tell you something about my own life? And this is how all of you relate in life too. I don't always feel like being here. You're like, that's weird. No, it isn't weird. I don't every weekend when I have an opportunity to preach, I don't feel like preaching always. But sometimes you want to know what I do? I fake it to make it. I do. Sometimes I have to walk in here and I have to say, Joel, you need to smile today. Because I know you're going through a dark time. I know you don't like what life is looking like, but you got to learn to smile. And one you might say, well, Joel, that's like, isn't it like hypocritical? No, I don't think so. Sometimes I believe that my praise has to overcome my feelings. Sometimes I have to go remind myself that even in the midst of dark times, Joel, you can choose to be joyful. You can choose to give God praise. Joy will begin to come in in the midst of that. Well, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like praising. I don't feel like going to church. Like Jesus felt like dying on a cross for you. But he did it. Some of you go, wait, what do you mean? Like, Of course, Jesus wanted to do that. Again, read the Bible sometime. And Jesus was like torn. He had agony. He's like, he actually said to God, he said, God, if there's any way that you can take this from me, then do it. But if not, your will be done. In other words, for some of you in the season of life that you're in, you might not feel like it. You might be saying to God, God, if there's any way you can take this from, from me, I would love that. But God, even if you don't, I'm willing to do whatever you want. God, even if you don't, I'm willing to do whatever you want. Again, who says feelings really matter? I mean, I hope you feel good. I think God can comfort you. I think he can bring comfort in your life. But at the end of the day, praise has to come. Any parent in here, you understand how this works. I mean, how many of you have kids, young kids maybe, or maybe high school even, or maybe they're even older than that. And you've had a kid where where you said to your, your child, you said, hey, I want you to go downstairs and I want you to clean your bedroom. And your kid said, well, I don't feel like it. What do you say to your kid? Do you say, oh, oh, honey, as as you don't feel like it, you don't have to. You, you, don't, you don't have to do that. Hey, brush your teeth before bed. I don't feel like it. Oh, sweetie, it's okay. Just let your teeth rot. It's okay. It's good. I know you don't feel like it, but you don't have to do it. Hey, 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 do your homework. I don't feel like it. Oh, well then, just don't do it, right? No, no, you understand as a parent, sometimes it doesn't matter what you feel, right? Like it's like that that way with me my boys with naps. Every time I tell my boys it's nap, which praise Jesus for nap time, because not only do my boys need it, but I need nap time, man. I mean, I'm telling you, nap time is amazing. But sometimes I tell my boys, hey, it's time for a nap, right? I don't want to. You know what I say to my boys when they say, I don't want to? I say, I don't care. (laughs) I want you to, and you will, right? Because you understand sometimes as parents— Sometimes you look at your kids and what they want, you know, is not the best thing for them. Some of you who, who might be new to the whole Christian faith, or you might be new to this whole thing of, of serving God and worshiping God and going, okay, this, this praise thing to God is we maybe sang songs, or you heard people clapping, or you heard people, you saw people raising their hands, and you're thinking to yourself, it's a little weird. Like, why do you do that, right? And I understand it I understand where it kind of feels weird maybe but but for me and, and for I think a lot of followers of, of Jesus the reason I do it is it's an act of surrender to God. See, see if you're in a dark alley and someone pulls a gun on you what are you going to do with your hands? You're going to stick them up. Why? Because you're surrendering to God Almighty or you're surrendering to that person not God Almighty. It's the same way in church. That when I'm worshiping God, when I'm, when I'm lifting my hands to God, you know what it is? It's me saying, I don't care what my neighbor thinks about me. I'm actually personally thinking about certain things that are going on in my life, and I'm just giving them to God. I'm surrendering them to God. I'm raising my hands saying, God, I don't know how you're going to get me through this. God, I don't know how you're going to show up in that. I don't know how you're going to work out this situation, but I'm giving you praise regardless because you are the God of the universe. And keep in mind, for some of you, you think it's weird. I grew up Baptist, Okay. I mean, if you grew up Baptist, you understand that this is really weird. Nobody raised their hands at Baptist. I mean, in Baptist church, we, we would, and not because they're bad, but just no one raised their hands. So I remember the first time I ever saw somebody raising their hands worshiping. In fact, uh, we grew up right across the street from this, this campus here, at the Hastings campus. And for some reason on a Sunday, I don't remember why, but uh, we did not go to church that weekend. And so my mom and dad, they sent my brother and I over here to this church. And we went into the, the kids ministry, TVC Kids. And I remember being in, in there, and I, again, I remember this so vividly because I remember sitting there like a good Baptist boy with my hands, you know, kind of folded and listening as people are singing and not doing anything and make sure I behave really well. And I remember seeing up front this lady. Her name was Carla Smith. Many of you know Carla. I remember seeing Carla up front, and during the song, she just started. Whoo! Her hands were just moving and i'm like what is she waving at somebody like what is this woman doing? Right, but it was like all through the song. I mean, she's just praising and she's worshiping and she's moving her hands And I remember just thinking to myself. I don't know what she has But I want it I don't know what she's got, but I want some of that and I didn't even understand why she was doing it But I just saw joy permeating through Carla. And I remember because of that, as like an eight or nine-year-old, all of a sudden, for one of the first times in my life, seeing somebody just completely surrendering their life to God and saying, I don't care what anybody else thinks, even the eight-year-old in the back who thinks I'm kind of crazy right now, I don't give a rip because I'm just going to praise God and give him everything. And so that day, I remember I went home and I was sitting out on the deck with my mom and dad and my brother was there too. And he had come over and so we both saw this and on the way home. I mean, we must've talked about this or something because we're like, that was awesome. Did you see what that lady did up front? Like she was all waving her hands and stuff." And, and so we sat down with my parents and they said, so how was, how was church? We're like, it was really good. We really liked it. And we learned some new songs. Like really? I said, yeah, want us to teach it to you. We'll we'll sing the song for you. And I don't, I don't know what song it was, but we started singing the song for them. And there must've been like a moment in the song where Carla, you know, did her woo thing. And so literally I looked at my brother and we like gave each other a nod, like this is the time. And so in the song, we just started going like this. And here we are, like, good Baptist boys, man. We don't raise our hands. And I mean, I remember looking at my mom, and she must have been, like, trying not to laugh at us. Because, I mean, I didn't know why I was doing it, but here's what I I, I knew. I wanted some of it. And for some of you, you, you sit in church, and you see other people doing that, and you might go, what are they doing? Again, for me personally, in my life, it's me surrendering everything to God. And you think about it for a moment. We're the only people, Christians, who don't understand this. I mean, some of you, you go to a, a sporting event and you go crazy. You lift your hands, just shout. Some of you heard Justin Bieber was in town last night and I saw Facebook blowing up going, oh, I got beaver fever. And you would go to a concert and you would let, raise your hands and you would go crazy. Oh my gosh, 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 it's Justin Bieber, it's Justin Bieber. It's like you guys are so thrilled about Justin Bieber, Okay. You go to a NASCAR event. I've never been to one. I don't want to go to one, but you go to one and you see some people going pretty crazy there. Some of the things that they do is pretty nuts and they're shouting and they're screaming and they're going nuts and yet here's what I know. When I'm on my deathbed, Justin Bieber ain't showing up to heal me. That's what I know. Uh, when, when When you're struggling in your marriage, here's what I know. Some NBA superstar is not going to show up to heal your marriage. But, but the God of the universe is going, I will. I can be there. I can show you joy in the midst of that. But yet we don't want to truly, fully give praise to God. We're more obsessed with giving praise. And I'm not saying that we're like worshiping them, but we go crazy over people like Justin Bieber for crying out loud. Okay, now I do like his music sometimes, but, but the idea is this. You go crazy over someone like that. And yet we sit in church and we think to ourselves, I don't, I don't really want to give praise to God. Or, or we're afraid to give praise to God. But some of us, we lose our minds when it comes to some celebrity. We lose our minds at some athletic event because we're so passionate about it. And I think one of the things that we have to realize is that when we come into church, it's an opportunity for us to give praise to God. That, that in order for us to see joy, you can praise God no matter what you are facing. Some of you can have a really bad day and you go to a concert and that doesn't stop you from giving praise. That doesn't stop you from lifting your hands. You actually have more of a better time because it releases you of all that. It should be the same way with church. God doesn't need your praise for the record. God's not insecure. God's not sitting there going, I really hope they bring it in aisle four today. I hope aisle four, you bring it because I need some praise today. That's not what God's doing it. God doesn't need our praise. We need it. We need to be reminded on a regular basis, no matter what you're feeling, that God is present, that he is faithful. In the midst of that praise, comfort begins to set in. It reminds us of this truth that we can see joy in all circumstances. The second thing is this, is that I think in order for you to see joy, you have to look at all that he has done in your life. Uh, Some of us, I'm guilty of this all the time. We've already forgotten how God showed up yesterday in your life. Some of you today are stressed. In a week ago, God showed up in this incredible way in your life. A year ago, God did something amazing in your life, and yet we are so worried about today. And I think one of the ways that we can learn to see joy is remembering and looking back at all that he has done in your life. Think about it. When you realize that you have something that's already been taken, taken care of, it's already been done, and ease begins to set in. And I want to remind you that in the midst of whatever it is you're facing today, that you can see joy because God has already done so much in your life. He's already shown up time and time again. I mean, do you think Paul and Silas, as they're sitting there in that jail, that they knew that that's what God was going to do? You think they knew they're going, hey, watch this. God's going to blow open the doors. God's going to just show up in this incredible way. There's no way that they knew that. But what they did know is that God had already been faithful in their life. They had just seen God do incredible miracles. They just saw God and witnessed God work in a way where they got to cast out a demon. And they're thinking to themselves, I'm going to hold on to that, not this. I'm going to hold on to what God has done, not my current situation. So in your life, in this week, If you find yourself so overwhelmed by the world, remember how faithful God has been in your life, that he has been faithful. And because of that, you will see joy. So one of the ways I remember this is uh, in my own life, my very first home I ever bought, um, was a house that was just disgusting, to be honest, okay? It needed a lot of work. It, it was it was really bad. And so I, I bought this house and and I was fixing it up and, and doing the work and a lot of it on, on my own and people helping volunteer help me out and stuff like that. But there would be seasons, and you guys know this, if you've ever tried to fix something up or you're doing work and it's a, a long project, where I would kind of get down, Right? And I would think to myself, man, I've, I haven't made any progress in this home, and it's going to be terrible forever, and it's never going to get accomplished. And sometimes when I would feel that way, what I would do is I would go sit down at my computer, and i had taken pictures throughout the whole process, and I would go to day one pictures. And I would look, and I'd go, okay, now now that's ugly, okay? There, I haven't made some progress. And what it would do for me is it would remind me that something had taken place, something had good had been accomplished, that when I look back, that God had actually been faithful along the way. And here's kind of just a helpful tip for Monday, right? If you start feeling the weight of your day, let God's faithfulness free you of that, knowing that he's always with you, knowing that he's right there walking alongside you, that he's been faithful in the past, and he will be faithful in the future as well. When my boys first started uh, riding their bikes without training wheels, one of the things when we took them off is, you know, they would start and I would, I'd hold onto to the seat of their bike with like two fingers, right? Many of you have done this before. And so when they would start to tip one way, I would just take these two fingers and just kind of pull them up a little bit. And what was amazing is over time what my boys realized is that when they started to fall at first, they like freaked out and they like let go of everything. Like that's going to help them, right? And, but I would, I would tell them I'm like, no, no, I'm here. I'm here. I got you. I'm going to lift you up. You won't fall. Trust me. And sometimes it was like that reminder, eventually they started going, man, I can do anything. Sometimes they got a little crazy in what they would do, right? Because they thought, well, dad's right there. Some of you need to be reminded that God is right there. That God is holding on, that God is present with you, that he's walking through the season that you're in in life, that you can get through it. But you have to recall the things that he's done for you in your life. Finally, I'll just end with this. In order to see joy, I think you have to not only you know, praise that has to overcome your feelings. Even when you don't feel like it, you got to give God praise. You got to look at all that he's done. But I think you need to expect him to do even more. I think you need to have an expectation today that God is going to do even more than he's ever done in the past. I think that God can show up in your life. And I think some of you need to be reminded of this today, that God is going to use your story in a way that you cannot imagine. That God is going to show up and do something so incredible. In the book of Ephesians chapter 3, he says this. says that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, and above all that you could, ever, you could even ask, imagine or think, according to his power at work in you. That God is able to do so much more than you could ever imagine in your life, according to his power at work inside of you. And I have to think that Paul and Silas had to walk out of that prison going, are you kidding me? Did, I mean, can you believe what God just did? Can you believe that, that God just showed up in this miraculous way? And I think sometimes as Christians, we allow our circumstances to rule our lives. And I get for some of you today, seeing joy is tough right now. Seeing joy maybe in one area of your life is difficult right now. And I'm not saying that you should love every circumstance, but what I am saying is that you can still see joy. In fact, seeing it will help you, I think, get through the season of life that you're in. And that means that you have to give God praise, get this, even when you don't feel like it, even when you're going through a rough time, even if you have to make yourself, even if you have to fake it to make it, I think it's important because I think it brings you to that place. It means that you have to remember that God has already been faithful in your past, that he's shown up in your life on a regular basis. And finally, I think it means that you have to expect him to do even more. And I believe that when we choose to live with eyes wide open, that you and I can choose this week to see joy in front of us. But it's a choice that you and I have to make. Let's stand to our feet. I'll pray for us to be free to go. God, I just ask God that this week as we go, God, that we would live our lives with eyes wide open. God, that we would be aware of the people around us, especially non-believers who are looking at us in the midst of maybe dark times and just saying, what are they gonna do? What are they gonna do? God, help us to see the joy in every circumstance in our life. And we give you the praise. We give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.